Okay, give me the needle. Well, the thing is, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Because I love you and you're my best friend. I don't care what you do. I love you forever. I love you fat, bald, money, no money, driving a bus. I don't care. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you. I love you more and more every day. I love you so much, baby. I have you too. Jim, I think I love you. That's so weird. Say it again. I love you. This is me telling you that I love you and I respect you. <laughs> Welcome to The Needle Exchange, the podcast where our amateur musicologists, the dilettante DJs, curate, discuss, and share playlists built on a common theme. My name is Jim Jewell, your host, and I am dedicated to life, liberty, and the pursuit of a 100-day Wordle streak. <laughs> Joining me here in the smoky back break room of our fictional record store are Rob McGregor, who would like to dedicate this session to the moms out there on the internet, giving us a listen. Moms, we love you. We see you. We appreciate your ears. <laughs> Jose Amador. And as much as of a romantic I am in real life, I'm also a little bit too much of a cynic for this theme. <laughs> uh, Zach Pruitt and Rob stole my intro. <laughs> Get <laughs> Correct. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Rob once stole my woman. Okay, here's how it works. We devise some way to draw a theme, uh, and then playlists are due one week later. And we have 72 hours to listen to all the playlists before gathering here for the debrief and public release. And this time, the theme was dedicated to the one I love which I would have taken in a very different direction than the rest of y'all going on my sixth year or so in the barren wasteland of not even a single date. Uh, I would just would have gone to a fatherhood, a fatherhood sort of <laughs> all the way through. Uh, I much preferred the way that you guys all took it. Uh, what were some of the, the original reactions, riffs, when you got this list in your hand or this theme in your hand? I uh, my The first thing that came to my head was Michael Stipe's um, – uh, this one goes out to the one I love. Um, and based on that idea, I had a completely separate list uh, that I won't divulge too much more of because I do eventually want plan to come out with that list. And, you, and you're worried we'll remember it until then and cry foul? Yes. <laughs> Mother, we've seen this one already. What the hell, Jose? <laughs> Either that or somebody will come along, listen to this episode and say, hey, that's a great idea for a theme. I'm going to use it myself. I'm not having that again. Not having that again. Uh, this one is my theme. Um, it came out of a conversation that I was having with the one I love, my best friend and partner, Naomi. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> we were talking about, it was, uh, we were doing the secret Santa lists over, over Christmas time uh, in our, in our personal game that we play listeners. And uh, I was telling Naomi about the, uh, the various lists that are being dedicated to folk. And she said, well, if I was going to make you a list and then she rattled off a few songs and then I was and then she said, what would you do for me? And it's like, I rattled off a couple, like three songs, maybe four songs. And she gave me one of those looks. I was just like, oh, you know me. Okay. And so now I was like, now I got to fucking make this list. And so this was my, uh, my way of enabling that. Zach, you don't want to go into it much, but did you have any uh, first, first thoughts, first reactions, first takes? Um, I knew it was going to be a challenge just because uh, I, I'm one of those kind of perpetually single people. So I don't. You know, I don't have anybody to dedicate this playlist to, 
but um, it was fun finding uh, the tracks that I found. And um, yeah, man, I still believe in love, even though it's it's from afar. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in it conceptually. Uh, I maybe I'm guessing that this is why your list was one of those that happened to uh, hit all the right chords with me as well. And that's the first one uh, that we're going to debrief. So lay it out for us. Okay. Well, um, I don't think I'm going to spend as much time talking about mine as I am about Robin Jose's, but I'll do my best. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I, I don't do love songs all that much because I think a lot of love songs are just kind of commodities. They're just kind of written because Mm -hmm. they know that this is what the people like to hear. They like to hear the same kind of cliched, uh, lyrics and lines over and over again, but there, there are always, you know, there have been a few that have kind of stuck in my head over the years and I tried to include as many of them in here as I could. And I think the overall theme I was going for, I really wanted, I really wanted this to be an earnest um, list and I wanted it to be genuine. I didn't want it to be making fun of love. Uh, I didn't want it to be dark. I didn't want it, you know, cause that is my tendency is to go dark. Uh, I wanted them to be maybe a little somber, but I, I wanted them to be genuine. Um, and that was, that was kind of my, my goal. The Donny Hathaway song was really the first thing that popped into my head. I get kind of emotional when I when I even think about Donny Hathaway because I actually am not super familiar with his work, but the two songs of his that I've listened to, this one and uh, One Day We'll All Be Free, are just perfect songs that have so much emotion in them. And they're so there's just so much it's almost an unbearable amount of honesty. Like this song is is somebody really just owning all of his shit, right? Talking about his life and all of the mistakes he's made. And he's sitting in front of this other person and he's just like, and here's, here's what I have left and it's yours. And uh, hopefully that's enough. And if not, that's fine. We can still be friends. It's just amazing, you know? Where there's no space or time. I love you for my life. And the first time I heard this song, it was actually uh, Willie Nelson singing it. And when I heard Willie Nelson singing it, I thought, man, this is a, this is a decent Willie Nelson song. I'm going to listen to more Willie Nelson. I just thought that he wrote it because it sounded like a country song. Um, and I think that's the, one of the strengths of the song is that I think any number of people in, working in any number of genres could cover it. And it would just kind of adapt. It would like a chameleon. It would just kind of adapt to that genre. But yeah, I, I just, I guess I need to really do a deep dive into Donnie because uh, he was he was a special dude. And it's, it's just such a powerful song. And the next one is also an equally powerful song by somebody who unfortunately didn't live long enough to really realize her full potential, Eva Cassidy. She was a DC-based uh, singer who had this absolutely amazing repertoire uh, that covered jazz, soul, R&B, gospel, pop. And it was actually one of the things that kept her from from getting a record deal because the labels wanted her to just stick to a genre. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. This is what I, this is what I like to sing. And then that, that kind of, unfortunately, kind of uh, hamstrung her career. But because she was such an amazing singer, she did end up, you know, getting some notoriety in that area. And then at 33, she got diagnosed with cancer and died like four months later. Just, just terribly tragic. But um, this is a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song off of uh, Rumors. And it's just a beautiful cover. And the songbirds 
yeah, it's beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the next two songs I kind of wanted next, I wanted them next to each other because I think that one of the themes that I touch on on the list is uh, selflessness. And um, I'll Be Your Mirror is, is a song that I think really conveys this idea of like being there for somebody when they're at their lowest point and reminding them how special they are. And it's not the easiest thing to do for everybody because, you know, our egos kind of get in the way. But I think that's it's, it's a key ingredient, I think, in any kind of successful, intimate relationship with someone is just kind of being there for them and, and allowing them to see themselves for who they really are. And the Jeff Buckley uh, cover of the uh, Bob Dylan song, Mama, You've Been on My Mind, is also kind of similar because it's just this guy saying, you know, I think you're awesome, but if you're not into me and you end up, you know, going with somebody else, that's fine. Just know, I'll just, I'll be thinking about you because you always make me smile. Perhaps it is the color of the sun caught flat and covering the crossroads I'm standing at. Or maybe it's the weather or something like that Mama, you've been on my mind I really wish Buckley had done more Dylan because he's done this one and and, uh, I think one other, like Just Like a Woman, I think he did. And they're all just outtakes. You can get them on like the special editions of, of his albums, but it's just him and his guitar. And I think that's where he really excelled when it was just him and his guitar in that you know, that cavernous sound. And, um, it's just beautiful. Next up is a returning favorite. This was on my list last time on my base, uh, list and was received very well by the dilettantes. And so I thought I would include it again, mostly because it's <laughs> perfect for the theme. Um, 100% matches up with the theme. Uh, we almost boggled on it. We almost collided. Oh, damn. Yep. Well, that would have been, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before, but like, you know, I used to sing jazz when I was a younger man and and I was just essentially doing a Johnny Hartman impression and it got me in trouble actually because my singing instructor back then told me like, you need to find your own voice. Like you sound great, but you need to like find your your voice. You can't just do an impression. And that I just stopped singing after that <laughs> because I was like, well, I can't do it. I can't like I, I can only do this. Like he's in my he's he's festering in my brain like I can't escape it. But yeah, this is just another like this whole album is is essentially just a just beautifully tempered, lovely, quiet little love songs. And and Coltrane is just such a, an amazing he does really amazing work here in the first half of the song. If I should write a book for you that brought me fame and fortune too. That book would be like my heart and me, dedicated to you. The next two songs are, uh, these two artists are kind of contemporaries. They came up in the, around the same time, early 2000s in the indie scene, uh, Cat Power and Magnetic Fields. Um, Cat Power put out an album of covers. And uh, Sea of Love is is my favorite uh, is my favorite track on that one. There's just something so unstable about it. Uh, very very <laughs> delicate and vulnerable. Like everything could just topple over at any moment, and you just you don't even want to whisper because you're just worried that like the wrong move could just call it cause it all to just you know tumble. Um, and I, I really like that quality. And the magnetic field. So you know, sixty nine love songs is is 
considered by many to be kind of just a masterpiece. Um, and I've never listened to it because it's so intimidating. Like there are 69 love songs, like it's a multi-disc mm-hmm. set. Um, and, and the book of love is really the only one that I ever was familiar with. Um, but I decided to put it in there and it's great again, going for the earnestness, right? Cause in like indie rock has a ton of love songs that are just all about like breakups and, and vindictiveness and everything. And this, this, this album, I, I, I imagine this song, especially is just clear eyed and honest and, uh, and just, just, just some amazing lyrics like the one that that's in this clip. The book of love has music in it In fact, that's where music comes from Some of it is just transcendental Some of it is just really dumb But I I love that. Ball-achingly sweet. I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ball achingly sweet. It's very hard to find a Radiohead love song that doesn't make you want to hurt yourself, but they do have one. It's a B side. It's on the. It's a B side off of uh, OK Computer, and actually the album, the, the collection of B sides from OK Computer are absolutely fantastic. It's some of the best mm. stuff they ever did in in that '90s era. In fact, all of their B sides are, are amazing, but the OK Computer B sides are just like you could just put together a fantastic album or two just from the b-sides they're just amazing next up is you on my mind in my sleep from richard ashcroft who uh formerly was the lead singer of the verve and they were a very popular uh shoegaze Britpop band that would that were part of that kind of second british invasion that happened in the 90s along with you know blur and radiohead and the charlatans and uh and a few other folks I, I, I was never a huge fan of the Verve. I think I, th- I liked a couple of their songs. Uh, this this album was playing when I worked at the at Silver Platters back in the day. Somebody just put this on, and 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 this song just just jumped out at me. I was just like, oh, this is just lovely. Who is this? And I was like, oh, it's Richard Ashcroft. I just like the there's a lushness to it. I like the 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 strings and um that was why I wanted to put this one next to the the Mahler track, which is the last track. I know, I just love Mahler in his big 20 minute <laughs> 15 to 20 minute <laughs> movements. I apologize. I know it's a it's a time commitment. Um but I wanted to include this one because uh this symphony is considered I mean, this is the one that he's known for, right? When people talk about Mahler, they talk about his fifth. And they talk about the fourth movement, the Adagietto, um, which is kind of the reason why the symphony is, is popular. It is considered by many to be one of, if not the most romantic piece of classical music ever written. Uh, he wrote it for his wife. He wrote the symphony for his wife, Alma. And um, in case any of you were wondering what the German writing uh, for my playlist cover is, it is a poem that he included with the symphony that he dedicated to his wife and translated it reads in which way I love you. My sunbeam, I cannot tell you with words, only my longing, my love and my bliss. Can I with anguish declare? Hmm. I love um, that. He calls her my little sunbeam. It's sunbeam. Yeah. He was a, he was a, uh, he was a pretty romantic fella. And I also wanted to give a little shout out to Leonard Bernstein. Uh, there was a movie that came out about Bernstein recently called Maestro, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. 
Mahler was Bernstein's lifelong obsession. He recorded, I think, three, maybe four symphony cycles over the course of his career, over the course of like 30 years. Um, he was responsible for really bringing Mahler kind of back into the mainstream consciousness uh, in America. And uh, this recording of the fifth that he did with the Vienna Phil is is kind of like just tip the tippity top. It's it's the best you can the best you can listen to. So there it is. It was a great landing for a list that uh, for me was giving uh, vibes of a, a soundtrack for an indie rom com that does not have a happy ending. <laughs> uh, that tracks. Also that tracks. Me- <laughs> it also soothed me out yesterday when I hit the traffic going up to uh, Bellingham to see my kid. I hit the, the the Everett traffic, but I was listening to your list, the re-listening to your list at the time, and it just it chilled me the hell out when I kind of I needed that high five. Uh, Jose and Rob, what did you guys think of this list? Uh sure, yeah. Um, uh. Th- this this was a nice welcome back to the groove that is the needle exchange. Um, uh, both both of these lists, but uh, and, and Zach specifically with you, because as you know, we I've definitely blathered on enough about uh, how your music is, has a, a your mixes tend to have an editor's ear set to them. They all match perfectly. They all kind of fit together really nicely. One flows from one to the next really well. And you, sir, serve as kind of uh, uh, you've introduced me to more acts that I was not either not aware of or had dismissed previously. Um, dismissed for bullshit reasons for for nothing for nothing really in particular it was just like, ah, I don't want to I don't care. And you have made me rethink a bunch of those things. Uh, just a delightful, lovely mix of songs that are really delicate. Uh, you, the way you describe Cat Power is, is kind of the way I would describe this entire list. It's just delightful. One thing wrong could kind of like topple it, but the fact that it doesn't and the fact that it just kind of carries its way through from beginning to end is what makes the list so fucking strong. Uh, some it was stand that earnestness. Out. It was that earnestness that you tried yeah. that you went in knowing that you wanted to, to keep to. I think that comes through. That that gave it its its soul. And the, the you know, for example, like the versions of Sea of Love that I've run into in the past. You know, um, uh, Tom Waits. Uh, there was a Robert Plant cover he did in the eighties. Um, and then there's the original. They all kind of subscribe to that uh, Phil Spector wall of sound type of approach, oh, just yeah. like overwhelming you with the different sounds. Um, uh, definitely true of the uh, the Robert Plant uh, and the original version. Uh, to have it delivered so in such a raw manner uh really kind of brought out a lot of the sensitive nature uh of the song other examples in this the clem snide which is one of those bands i had dismissed out of hand without really listening to it the clem snide really just touched me in the way that he described what he was trying to do with his love and for his love it was great to hear the johnny hartman again uh, Donny Hathaway, I was not familiar with at all before this. And uh, hearing you describe this list made me want to know exactly how you ran into Eva Cassidy, um, which makes me think that along with the stories of particular songs we like, 
We also need to have a, like, how did you hear about this artist? How did you come across this particular artist? And that, that would be one of them. I, I, I'm curious as to how you ran across Eva Cassidy in your, in your travels. Uh, magnetic fields. You say you're not that familiar with. I I I, I know the the number of songs is kind of overwhelming, um, but the hit to miss ratio is it hits more than it misses, and the stuff that misses you can just easily just skip right past and go right to the next song. I've included them in some of the lists. I think in the game that we play outside of outside of here, I've included them a couple of times, and they do run the gamut of like extremely sincere, uh, some legit great songs, and a few of them more than a few of them make you laugh. So I highly recommend that experience to both you and whoever might be listening right now, curious about the magnetic fields. I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, which is one of my tendencies on the show. So I'm just going to leave it there, my friend. Uh, thank you once again for this list. And uh, again, expertly crafted. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Zach, I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. Uh, thank you for putting this together. Uh, you, you, like Jose was saying, it, it's a lovely, well-crafted, uh, really well <clears throat> uh, put together list. You and Jose both did something that is a little maddening to me um, in a good way. You both put songs, you open up your lists with songs that when I hear them, I need to hear them again. When I hear just the opening notes, I just need to listen to the entire fucking song again. And I tend to put my Spotify, keep, I have it on repeat. I, I always, you know, have my lists repeat or whatever. And I found myself with, with this list just being like, well, here's Donny Hathaway again. Got to listen to him. Well, now I got to listen to Eva Cassidy. Well, there's Clem Snide. Got to listen to them as well. And so I found myself just like listening to both of your lists back to back, um, <laughs> at least twice, more than once. But starting with Donny Hathaway, uh, you are absolutely spot on when you say that that is a song that so many people have covered and uh, it just sort of matches them. Uh, Donnie's version uh, is a lot more soulful, a lot more gospel, uh, which is befitting his, his, his background than the original Leon Russell version. Leon Russell wrote it uh, and his is, is, is a little more uh, uh, blues rocky uh, and almost whimsical, whereas Donnie's has this gravitas to it uh, that you just feel the uh, the emotion behind it and throughout the entire thing I want I just I so want him to hit that f falsetto on a, a song for you uh, and he does he, he just he just strings us along until the very 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 last moment and it's so rewarding and beautiful I absolutely adore that song I'm going to give you a moment to answer Jose's question of how you you came across uh, Eva Casti. Uh, in just a second, right after I say that it took me until now to realize that this is the version of the song I've always known. And I always thought that this was Christy McVie's version. I was wrong. It's Eva Cassie's version that I've always been listening to. I always thought that this was, <laughs> this was the Fleetwood Mac version. Uh, but if you, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to just answer Jose's question. Yeah. And actually this was the first time I heard this version of the song, it was Eva's version. And I, was originally going to include the Fleetwood Mac version um, just because it was in the same era as as the Donny Hathaway song. And I kind of wanted to maintain that feel. But uh, yeah, I, I just had to go with Eva. I worked at a music store for a number of years and um, 
we would have a, a rotation of albums that we would play throughout the day. And this album was on a heavy rotation because my boss was absolutely obsessed with it. So was he also, it, was he the one who was obsessed with Tom Waits as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. He would play mule variations over and over again. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so a lot of these, a lot of the albums actually that um, are kind of burned into my brain for better or worse. Like I wasn't always a fan of his taste, but there's a lot of songs that are just kind of burned albums that are burned into my brain. And this is, uh, this is one of them. Lovely. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Jeff Buckley is always uh, a, a beautiful delight, uh, such an incredible talent and tragic figure. Uh, it, you, you mentioned, or you said that you, you tried not to get in the sad bastard territory and with both Eva Cassidy and Jeff Buckley, you, you kind of did, even though, <laughs> even though it wasn't necessarily tonally sad bastard time. I mean, we're talking about two tr- people who, who, who we lost way too early. I think they and both Eva died Cass- at the same age too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and another thing about Eva that, that, that kind of stilted her, her, uh, her fame, uh, her fame came posthumously. I mean, it wasn't until after she died that she actually became, uh, renowned, uh, one of the reasons was she was incredibly shy and she, she didn't want to perform so much uh, in public. And I, I kind of appreciate that and can uh, empathize with that a lot. Uh, and uh, that just makes her a little, little more tragic as well. Uh, like I mentioned, you and I almost boggled uh, on, on Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, specifically this song. Uh, thank you for uh, introducing me to that album. It is, it is amazing. Uh, like I said, the uh, the magnetic field song when I, when I it first rolled through on the list, I was like, <laughs> okay, here comes the sad bastard shit, uh, because the song is very much oh, fuck love. The book of love is long and boring. It's full of all sorts of shit. But I love it when you read it to me. I love it when you read it to me. The book of love is full of music, and a lot of it is transcendental. But some of it's really dumb. But I love it when you sing it to me and that just breaks my heart it is so soul crushingly gorgeous keep pinging away with me and radiohead please i appreciate radiohead i i i do like their music whenever i hear them i'm like this is damn fine music but i never reach for them uh and i'm I'm waiting for that moment where just something clicks in me where i'm just like you know what i really want to listen to right now Uh, pablo honey or i really want to listen to okay computer or kid a right now don't uh, don't so, actually listen to Pablo, honey. That's just I, I my know, way. But it's got a creep advice. on it, so I mean, just listen. To, just listen to creep. Then you don't just have to listen, listen to, to Pablo. Fair. That's totally fair. Um, and then that is seriously really good advice. <laughs> that, that is really really good advice. Well, maybe I think that might be why I don't reach for Radiohead is because Pablo, honey, was my first album, and I bought it because of Creep, and I listened to it, and I was like, Creep's good. The rest oh, of it's kind man. of. Uh, I'm so sorry uh, that that was your introduction to Radiohead. <laughs> Well, it's kind of everybody's, wasn't it? I mean, kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of, I guess. Uh, uh, much like the Beastie Boys, and the it, it was after their first album that they really started getting good. Yeah, Paul's oh, after too. License to Ill. Like, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I still love License to Ill. Uh, don't get me wrong; it's a classic. And yeah, I, that's I, I used where they to, differ. I, I, I used to, I used to own it on uh, the LP, uh, but I, I, I can't find it. I must have lost it sometime. Uh, over the years uh and then capping it off with Mahler, i mean you yeah 
we knew you were going to. <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's what you do. Uh, you love your Mahler and uh, you you curate classical into the contemporary beautifully, and you did it here as well. The uh, Adagietto is is indeed a gorgeous piece. Um, soup to nuts, a beautiful list, my friend. Thank you so much. I have one little quick thing to add. I was going to say this it. during my my breakdown. Um, I I was watching. Uh, some kind of a special on MTV back in the nineties, they were interviewing who were at the time, the current like hottest R and B uh, soul singers, like the Neo soul singers, like people like Maxwell and like a couple other folks. And they got to the section where they asked them who their biggest, biggest influences were. And they all started going down the list. Like, I think somebody said Donny Hathaway, but then they were like Stevie wonder and like, you know, but then they did a quick cut montage of every single one of them saying Mahler. Holy shit. <laughs> and then and then Maxwell himself said, the Adagietto from Mahler's Fifth Symphony, man, that gets me going every time. And I and I was like, I was a teenager, so I I, I had just started listening to Mahler at that point. But I was and I was doing like something you else. Do. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing something else while I was while I, while I was on, but then as soon as they said that, I perked up like, what what? Mahler is is a is is an influence for all these R and B singers. Anyway, I just thought that was amazing. That's that is amazing. That's funny because I, I was thinking from a different part of your list of uh, like it was kind of my own uh, montage of uh, every white girl in the Pacific Northwest in the late 90s who I asked, you know, what were they into in, in music? And they all answered Jeff Bus- Buckley Grace. Like every single one of them owned that <laughs> album and played it every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Jose, my friend, you are up next with your list. What do you got for us? Thank you, Rob, by the way. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. So after after discarding with the Michael Stipe slash REM, uh, this one goes out to one I love. I kind of uh, wanted to do something that focused on, on uh, expressing love, and not just to the, your partner necessarily, but all different kinds of love. And like I said in the intro, I, I'm not. I am a sappy romantic. I can be a sappy romantic uh, easily, but I'd, I'd rather save that for private one-on-one uh, interactions. And so what I desired to do was uh, to create an umami love playlist. I wanted to, you know, yes, celebrate love and have, have the list be um, – influenced by the rush of emotions that you experience when you are in love with somebody. But I wanted the love to be expressed to be not just more than I love you. You know, I I like being around you. I miss you. Let me kiss your face. Let's go to the bedroom. I I wanted to do different angles on that. Um, But that said, I also had to acknowledge the, you know, the monster in the room, the, the 500 pound gorilla in the room and deal with that really rather romantic love song. And that's how I arrive at the Flamingos. And I only have eyes for you. My love must be a kind of blind love. I can't see anyone but you. Um, which reminds me, this list is meant to be listened to on headphones or really loud on your on your speakers at home. It, it, this song is lush. Is the production is just it's heavenly. It's like sitting on a cloud listening to what's happening, and I really want you to experience you as an Isler to experience what that is.
and uh, man, I don't know. I can't think of a better love song. I well, I can think of a few that match it, but in terms of like what it expresses and how it expresses it, the, this song is right up there for me. Uh, from there, we head to the XX, um, a band that was pretty popular in the uh, early to mid teens, just known for their really kind of soft sound and the kind of hushed approach that they have to at least their early music. Uh, the song Chained, uh, the way that they express the love here is kind of a desperate one. It is one of a, of a relationship that is just everybody's drifted a little bit apart. But, they, you know, one of ones who it's like, you know, we, we used to be much better than this. Let's try to do that. Instead of leaning into the sensuality of the XX and what that they're primarily known for, I wanted something, something of that, like, hey, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's you and I, let's work something out. Which is also a similar feeling for this Honeycut song, uh, Butter Room. I want to spend the night in your butter room. Wake up laughing in the This one clearly is, you know, I want to I, I want to be together in the, the, the lovely central room, but we tend to fight and they don't we don't have to fight, but we do. And that's kind of the uh, it, it might be a little bit dysfunctional, but I think it's also an honest uh, appraisal of what relationships can be, especially when things are rocky. And I, I wanted to have that expression uh, at least stated somewhere on this list. Uh, but needing a break from heading down such dark alleys, I, I wanted to have a song that was really sweet and romantic and kind of silly and goofy. And uh, I immediately thought of Aretha Franklin's Daydreaming. He's the kind of guy that would say, hey, baby, let's get away. Let's go someplace, huh? Where I don't care. It's really good. I kept hearing this as day drinking in the car. (laughs) You were you're biased though. You were thinking of something else entirely. We're in a completely different. Someone's going through dry January right now. (laughs) One more day. One more day, Jim. You can get through it. You're almost there. You're almost there. this is, I don't know, I, when I think of Aretha Franklin, I think of Think from the Blues Brothers, and I think of Respect, and I think of Pink Cadillac, and there is a playfulness happening in this song that I just love the shit out of. Oh, yeah. uh, the production leading into the main song, uh, the main song is so sweet. It's almost psychedelic the way the song is kind of produced and laid out. Um, and, you know, given the time frame that this that the uh, the album had come out in, uh, this came out in 1972. That kind of makes sense. But uh, to 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 hear her, to hear a young Aretha Franklin playing around with these things and the only I it. I started to think about like, who is she singing about and where did that end up? And I decided to stop that right there. Just knowing that by the time the 80s came around. I don't think she was any longer in that relationship, and it probably didn't end all that well. Uh, but for well, the moment, you know it, who it's about, but, right? No, who is it about? Please uh, enlighten us, Rob. Uh, it is a oh shit. Um, yeah, fuck. Uh, it is about Quincy Jones. Oh, 
No, it, it, it's not. Sly um, Stone. Uh, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Dennis Edwards from The Temptations. Ah. Oh, cool. Ah, very cool. A lucky guy. Did he fuck it up? I mean, they're no longer. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. that's why I stopped thinking about it and just kind of let go at, <laughs> at this this lovely, beautiful song that she had created to commemorate that early stage in their relationships where, you know, everything's sweet and hunky dory and it's kind of puppy love, and you're thinking about running away with this person for a weekend and just having the time of your life. Um, and that 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 is what this song is for me. Uh, from there, we had to Kwang Bing and uh, Leon Bridges on the song Doris. Maybe I'm selfish, don't know the pain deep inside. Darling, you put up a good, put up a good fight. this song um there is no clear indication of who doris is um there is only the sense that she is about to pass we don't know if this is a lover we don't know if this is a suicidal friend we don't know if this is a friend on their deathbed doris could very easily be leon bridges's mom don't know it's not specified in the song, and I didn't really want to find out because the song is so lovely as is. Mm -hmm. And really, I'm going to leave it to whoever is interested to listen to the song because I don't want to spoil it. It uh, That little clip hopefully gives you an idea of the mood and the layout and uh, it, heavenly. It's a, For me, it's a little bit of piece of heaven uh, in my ears. Uh, which is a similar descriptor to the next song, En Jardem and Briela Ojeda in Volcan. Whereas Doris is about um, singing support and letting whoever is about to die, like, I will be right here. You mean a lot to me. This is a more about lovers just getting swept away by emotion. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics of the singing portion of this, that's what it's about. If you listen to the the rap version, the, the rap portion of the song, it's kind of a, a meandering thought around a similar themes. Uh, what I really love about the, the 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 rap portion of the song is not only the the softness that he uh, Hardem brings out into um, into the lyrics, but just the way he recites the the rhymes, the rhyme scheme. There are times when he is describing something and then has to go back and whisper to himself as if to make sure that that's exactly what he wants to say. And that kind of intimacy is, is why I included the song in this outside of the fact that it sounds phenomenal. It's mm. just a phenomenally produced song. And before I move on too much, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Colombian music scene. Um, there was a period there in the early 2020s that I just like two or three years ago, where I could not stop listening to anything that came out of at least Bogota, but definitely Colombia. Mm. Their the music scene out there, I, I, I just got to give it up for them. So shout out to those guys. Thank you for bringing the stuff to my ears. 
From uh, from Ardem, we come to Maldivisa, uh, a popular artist around mm. here, and um, to this song, uh, which is about two two and a half minutes, if that. Not even two minutes. Uh, it's like a uh, yeah, it's like a minute fifty or something like that. It's but it's just. In and of itself, it's delightful. It's just lush. It's uh, the song is called "If I Were to Fall Asleep in Your Arms," uh, which is the main portion of the lyrics, and then the the question ends with "Would you move me?" That is all that Maldivisa says and or sings in this song, and it's asked in such a plaintive way. I, I, man, I love. Love. love, just love. <laughs> it's just love. I love it. And it, def- it defines <laughs> that specific moment in love. From there, we move to John Bapp, somebody who I uh, follow, uh, discovered through um, A-Caster? James Acaster. Yeah, I thought yes. so. I thought so. When yeah. I saw the two thousand twenty sixteen, I was like, "That's an Acaster poll." Yeah, yeah, it's an Acaster pick, definitely. Um, if you listen to the rest of the album, "What Now?" Uh, this is the one that is the most melodic. Everything else is this experiment on uh, soul singing brought on by John Bapp. And then a session drummer, uh, a studio drummer that uh, was in town. And uh, John Bapp had asked him to, like, lay some tracks down. And the if you, if you listen to it over and over and over again, that is where the enjoyment of the album comes from, is finding that the connection between the soul singing and the experimental drumming that's happening. Uh, except for this song, which is a way to remind a lover who is probably going through some tough times, like, you don't have to do this alone. We are supposed to do this together. Calm down. As the title says, don't run into the dark so quick. And then, you know, probably the most uh, the most listened to song on this mix, it's uh, Gorillas and Little Dragon, Empire Ants, uh, which, it comes, which comes from the Plastic Beach album. Uh, to me, this song is about building your lover up. You know, I was thinking of you. I was dreaming of you. And this is what you were doing. And you were going up against the entire world. And things were going bad, but you still prevailed. Uh, before it goes into the little dragon portion of the song, which is more and more dreamlike. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to include that in here for that reason. It's just, and it's a great song. I don't know. I don't care if anybody disagrees with me. I just really, 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 really like this song. So let's go ahead and end the list with the coup, uh, a song being sung by Silk. And it's called Baby, Let's Have a Baby Before Bush Do Something Crazy. It's from Pick a bigger weapon. Rhymes going off everywhere. The police got me running scared. But I still got love to share. But you know I stopped smoking squares. Baby, let's have a baby. Uh, this song came out in 2006 uh, in the middle of uh, W's uh, era of U.S. government. And sure, it makes it a little dated, but the sentiment underneath it is not. And it's the idea of people 
living in the worst, well, not the worst circumstances, but not the most favorable circumstances. Um, you know, the way the the lyrics play out, you know, they're on government, you know, they're on welfare. They, you know, the realities of what is being described in the song is what it is. But there, the singer is basically saying, despite all of that, I love you and I want something of ours to survive whatever the crazy shit is going on around us. And just that sentiment alone really, really touched me. And I thought it was a great way to end this list. Uh, just spanning completely different types of love in the most sincere and passionate way possible. And that is my list. Nice. You know, Jose, I wouldn't say that I felt like the Gorillaz song was my favorite on the list by far, but it was indicative of something that you do really well in a lot of your lists from my point of view, which is paying attention to like this entire dish that you're creating and seeing the need for that little bit of relish, like that little cooling bit of relish, that little bit of spice that's needed to make it, you know, it's it's making a statement, but they're also listenable and like I, just, I appreciate the way that the flavors come together and that you're paying attention to those details. What do you boys think? think? Agreed. Thank Absolutely you, agreed. You add the acid where it needs to be. You add the sweet where it needs to be. <laughs> Jose, hermano, te amo. I love you, my man. Um, te amo también, primo. Uh, my note for this list at the very top was, this is obviously dedicated to PJ Harvey. Because <laughs> darkness and sex, it's it's a dark list. It it, it just has a, a sort of a dark texture to it that's still sexy and good and uh, light and sometimes sweet. Uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, the flamingos, I only have eyes for you. Did exactly what uh, a song for you, Donny Hathaway, did on on Zach's list. It just made me go fuck. Now I gotta listen to this whole goddamn thing over again. Easily, easily a perfect doo-wop song, in my opinion. Uh, again, you've you've introduced me to a few acts that I've never heard of. I've never heard of the XX nor Honeycut, which I guess they're much bigger than uh, than uh, I, I thought they were. But um, both acts, XX definitely bigger. Uh, Honeycut only a couple of albums. Gotcha. Um, both wonderful uh, introductions. Um, I can spend days talking about daydreaming uh but specifically talking about young gifted and black as my favorite uh, aretha franklin album it is uh and has been it always will be my favorite aretha franklin album soup to nuts it is just bangers through and through yeah uh yeah and daydreaming is such an incredibly sweet song you're right. I mean, we think of Aretha, we think respect, uh, right? We, we we think of just like strong soul, uh, uh, strong soul sister uh, shit. And here we have Daydreaming where she's just like reflecting on somebody who just does it for her and, and she gets vulnerable with it. It's so lovely. Uh, fucking Donny Hathaway on keys in that one. Goddamn oh. Bernard Purdy on, wow. on, on, the, on the kit. Uh, wow! Fucking uh, Hubert Laws on flute. I mean, this this is this is a super group shit uh, <laughs> song. It is uh, easily my favorite off of this list. My, my favorite album. When I saw that, uh, I I lost my shit and uh, I, I I had to take my pants off. No one was. I just had to take my pants off. <laughs> um, I Doris 
struck me. I never really, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to what it, what's about, what Leon is singing. I just love Leon Bridges so goddamn much. Everything he does is just fucking gold. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, also, should be bigger. Absolutely. And I'd never heard Krungbin before. Um, mm. I'd never heard them, so uh, appreciate that as well. Um, Lorcan is beautiful. Thank you for doing the shout out to uh, Colombian music because uh, Naomi and I we we spent uh, about a week and a half in in Medellin last year, and everywhere I went, I was like. God damn it. The music is phenomenal here. Everywhere yeah. I went, we walk outside and I'm just like, just hit with a wall of bops that, uh, that was threatening to take all my money. Uh, so you're absolutely right. There's a lot of great stuff coming out of Colombia right now. Oh, Mal. Oh, Mal DeVisa. We love you so much. This song only has 5,108 listens on Spotify right now, you guys. <laughs> only 5,108. Petition time. You will, be, you will be happy to know, however, that In My Neighborhood has gone to 8,452. We did since, it. Uh, we did it. So, yeah, we did it. We, we, we did it, Reddit. <laughs> um, Mal DeVisa is, uh, uh, I just will, she, she forever will have my heart. I, I don't know what it is about her. It's her production. It's her voice. Uh, she just has such a, a strong pull for me. John Bap, more like John Bop. Buzzing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're right about uh, what now uh, he did. Indeed, uh, one of the one of the defining features of what now is that it has so many weird hard edges in terms of its percussion. Uh, and it's because of that, because he just took these improvisations uh, from, from the studio drummer and said, yeah, just lay me down some shit. And then he said, I'm just going to make it work in my music. And sometimes it doesn't, but that's the charm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, it, oh, go ahead, please. It, it, no, it, it's uh, for the untrained ear. Well, no, for anybody, for anybody, not just the untrained ear, for anybody. It's a bit of a challenge to get into, mm -hmm. but with patience and perseverance, it connects. It and when it connects, it's, it really works. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. And then finally with, uh, with the coup, I mean, we, we love us some boots, Riley, don't we? And uh, Silky, her voice in that is, is phenomenal. Yeah, um, no, it's great. My note for that song was, I mean, baby, let's have a baby before Bush do something crazy. I'm like, yes, let's get to it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you, you have my ardor because uh, your, your, your voice is phenomenal. Uh, and she's just like, she doesn't have a whole lot of stuff out there, which, uh, which is unfortunate. A lot of the, um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the women singers in, in this list, like Briella Ojeda, should have more out there. Yeah, and her, um, yeah, her voice is so tasty in there. Her rolled R's are so very Colombian. But yeah, like, that yeah. song gives me like big tricky vibes. Like it's like yeah. that song right there is, is very like tricky and uh, Martika um, going on. But yeah, just lovely, lovely voices all. Um, my man, thank you so much. Great list as always. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I like what you said about this list being uh, delicate. You know, mine was a little delicate too, but I like the delicateness of this one. It also had a very sleepy quality. I wrote down 
uh, this would be a good soundtrack to waking up next to the one you love, right? You're just kind of waking up mm. and saying, oh, there she is, or there he is. There's a kind of a, a little bit of a laziness to it, but also it's it's propulsive and and uh, dreamy. It's you know you know the Aretha Franklin song I think is almost kind of the for me it's kind of the core of this list because it I think it really does um, borrow a lot of the different themes and motifs and sounds and soundscapes that the other songs have. Um, I keep having to remind myself that that's an Aretha Franklin song. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> yeah. because yeah, like all of her other stuff is very declarative and her being not demanding, but her saying, this is what I'm worth and this is what I expect. And like you said, Rob, yeah, this is her at her most vulnerable and seductive, which are qualities that you just don't hear from uh, Aretha. I'm amazed that this song and Rocksteady are on the same album because I thought Rocksteady was an older track. That's an Aretha track, right? That is. Yeah. Uh, flamingos. I'll never, I'll just never get tired of that song. That's, that's a timeless song. Um, it's a little haunting. It's, uh, it has a very cavernous quality. I like how, I like the, you know, the, the production quality on all of these tracks kind of have share a little DNA because the XX are also very cavernous. Um, Krong Ben are very, are very cavernous. And I liked, I like that feel. There's a kind of a warmth and, uh, inviting quality to it. Volcan and Empire Ants, I, I noted, I liked them because they're almost, uh, they're, they're two for one. They're two songs in one. The Volcan's got that nice little hip hop mm. breakdown in the middle where it just kind of takes on a whole other vibe. And similarly, Empire Ants just turns into a completely, it's, it is literally two songs in one. Like it just, it's like, here's Little Dragon, who I adore. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'm not crazy about gorillas, but, but as soon as Little Dragon came out, I was like, ah, that's nice. That's good. Um, I'll ask you for more recommendations than Little Dragon. I'm not familiar with them. Okay, yeah, no, they're 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 fantastic, and yeah, I I love, yeah, the, the John Bap is is um that's that was the one where I was like, yeah, this is the song that I would be that would be playing as I was just waking up and then turning over and then seeing my lover's smiling face like that. That's that's the song that we that yeah. would be playing in the background, you know. And then the coup, yeah, you know, come on, this is uh, that's also going to be a, I think that's also a timeless song. I think that song's always going to be relevant. <laughs> You can just replace Bush with whoever's in power. Just just swap that name out. Yeah, because <laughs> we're at that point in our in our life where our our world leaders are slowly, steadily, maybe not even slowly, just kind of losing their fucking minds. So yep. let's just yeah. let's just pump out babies. Although I'm a little torn. Do we want to pump out babies if that's the case? No, no, we don't want to do no, that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is why the milieu uh, of the person, the, what is being described in the song, kind of sticks out for me because th th these are not affluent people that you know that this song is being sung by. This is not your middle class and your upper middle class and your lower upper yada yada yada. These are people who are you know day to day, salt salt of the earth types, quote unfucking quote. Um, and yeah, from from that standpoint, it's like yeah, that's 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 that tracks. That's exactly what would be. It's like right. Quick, fuck let's whatever make else. A legacy before we all die. Yeah, right. so let's leave something behind <laughs> that shows our behind. love. Exactly. Yeah. Great list. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, the originator of this theme is up last. Rob, come break it down for us. All right, my friends. So, uh, like I mentioned, that this is this is sort of a a, a love list uh, to my best friend and partner Naomi. Uh, created uh, in my in my mind, or first uh, conceptualized in my mind uh, when we had that conversation. Uh, and I, I 
wanted to ensure that I inc- included the three songs. Uh, actually, I think it was four songs, but specifically three songs that I had uh, rattled off uh, to her, um, which was uh, Genius of Love, Skate, and Musetta's Waltz. And so what I wanted to do was uh, create a list that uh, not only captured her energy or my energy uh, in in sentiment toward her, but also um, I didn't want to just create you know this little mixtape thing, even though that's 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 cool enough on on its own. So I want to make sure that there was some connective tissue in between each and every song. Every song has some sort of connective tissue tissue the, with with the song before it and the song after it. Uh, and as I was creating that and, and following those guidelines, it wasn't I, I didn't get too too far into it when I realized, oh shit, this is kind of funky. Uh, so I wanted to then make sure that I uh, that I created a list that sort of funked proper uh, throughout those had that had that through line. Uh, so without further ado, uh, this is my journey from Tom Tom Club to Giacomo Puccini and how I get there, starting with Tom Tom Club, Genius of Love. Now, I'm not a genius of love. Naomi is not a genius of love. The, the actual, the actual song title and and it's and its content have absolutely nothing to do with our relationship. Uh, but what it what that song does is I can't stop thinking of Naomi when I hear it. It kind of captures her energy. She's a skater. Uh, she wears booty shorts and has tattoos, and it's just funky as hell. And so uh, the song, I, I just it it just. Funks like Naomi Funks. Uh, in that song, she mentions Bootsy Collins. So next we have to have Bootsy Collins, uh, I'd Rather Be With You, uh, which is uh, funky as hell. It's, it's it's Bootsy. I'd Rather Be With You. It's just a, a great love song. And I think it really kind of captures Naomi incredibly well. Now, Naomi uh, is a quad skater. When she can't skate on uh, nice sunny days in here in the Pacific Northwest, she will uh, put on her skates and skate in her very, very small uh, uh, kitchen uh, doing drills and crazy legs and what have you. Uh, now, Bootsy Collins, he provided or contributed vocals to five songs on Silk Sonic's An Evening with Silk Scott Sonic. And so I had to uh, choose skate, which obviously was one of the songs that I had rattled off when we first talked about it. So here's Silk Sonic, Sonic, and Skate. Oh baby. If you talk to a musician, particularly a jazz musician, or play the song for a jazz musician, they lose their fucking shit. And the reason why is because that song includes some really interesting harmonies and modulations. Particularly in that one clip, you hear some really, really interesting shit happening with some uh, with some like inverted hybrid chords and stuff. 
And the reason I think for that is because that song was co-written by uh, Domi and J.D. Beck. And Domi, Domi's uh, sort of signature are those hybrid inverted chords and weird modulations and harmonies. And so I wanted to in uh, include a song of theirs. In this particular case, it was their song Sniff from their uh, debut album, Not Tight. Now, all couples sort of create a shared vocabulary. And Naomi and I are, are no, uh, are, are, are no uh, exception to that. And sometimes when, when in the mornings when I'll be in bed and she'll be getting dressed and she'll put her clothes on the bed next to me and I'll use that as an opportunity to, uh, to practice sleight of hand. And so she might put her socks down and then I'll just like, you know, when she's not looking or I'll distract her, I'll like sn uh, steal one of her socks. And then she'd be like, did you take one of my socks? And I'll produce it from underneath the car cover and sort of like give it a sniff or something like that. She's like, don't sniff my socks. So now anytime anything's move, uh, missing, she's like, where's my phone? Did you sniff my phone? Where's my car? Did you sniff my car? Where did I park? So um, that's where the, the, the uh, where sniff comes from by J Domi and J.D. Beck. Now, before Domi met J.D. Beck, uh, she was doing a lot of work with uh, Lewis Cole. Lewis Cole is a... Uh, is a, uh, a, a mad genius uh, funkster out of LA uh, who wrote and produced this uh, amazing song uh, from a couple of years ago from his album, Quality Over Opinion. This is Park Your Car On My Face. Lewis Cole, absolute mad genius. Um, I, I I chose this because uh, it has sort of like, this is the energy that I have for her. It's like, yeah, you can go ahead and park your car on my face. If you don't know Lewis Cole, you should probably check him out. He also has a, a, a band uh, called Knower uh, with uh, his, his partner in crime there, Genevieve Artati. Amazing shit. Now, nobody, I love Lewis Cole, but nobody loves Lewis Cole more than Thundercat as is evidenced by uh, the song, I Love Lewis Cole off of his latest album, <laughs> It Is What It Is, from which my next song comes, Dragon Ball Do-Rag, uh, which if you know that song, it's, it's sort of a very geeky, dorky, male-centered, uh, awkward uh, attempt at uh, uh, courting a woman, uh, which is sort of the energy that I bring all the time to Naomi. Uh, I don't understand why she's with me. I am an absolute wreck. Um, <laughs> now there are many ways that, uh, Thundercat can link up with this next act, um, including the, this next act, uh, collaborative Thundercat on it is what it is and a few other things. Uh, however, my favorite, uh, way of connecting these next two numbers or th these two numbers is, um, uh, Thundercat had a bit part in the book of Boba Fett. Very, very bit part. I don't know if you remember. He played like a, a medical guy who put Boba Fett back together after he was hurt really bad. And uh, the music for Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian was uh, produced and composed by Ludwig Göransson. Ludwig Göransson also uh, co-wrote and produced uh, this album because the internet from Childish Gambino. Uh, and this is the song 3005. Just hold my hand even if you don't understand, hold up. 
No matter what you say or what you do When I'm alone, I'd rather be with you Fuck these other niggas, I'll be right by your side Till 2005, hold up Hold up Naomi loves this album. She loves Bino, and she particularly loves 3005. And this is the one song that, um, I think this is the fourth song I may have rattled off uh, when when we first talked about it, but this is sort of the bonus material song for me. It's like, if I can fit this song in, then I've done my job well. And so I managed to actually make it work, which I'm very proud of. Uh, it's a, it's a great, uh, great album, great song. There's many ways that I can get from Childish Gambino to this next bit, simply because this, the, the next artists have worked with everybody. But uh, my favorite way to get there is Ludwig Göransson, also um, uh, produced and co-wrote another one of Bino's albums, which is Awaken My Love. Uh, the inspiration, the whole inspiration for Awaken My Love uh, for both uh, Gambino and uh, Göransson was uh, P-Funk, was Parliament Funkadelic. And so that's how we get to the next song, Parliament's uh, Wizard of Finance. Now, Naomi doesn't work in finance, but her job is finance adjacent. Uh, and so it's a sweet love song. Uh, it's, it's funky as hell. I love it to death. And uh, so I had to put it in there. Now there's lots of different ways that I can get from this one to the next one. But my favorite is that George, both George Clinton and uh, Queen Latifah independently did covers of was not was is walk the dinosaur. And so that brings us to Queen Latifah, Lil Kim and Macy Gray doing their rendition of cell block tango from Chicago. Uh, 2002. So how, how does this have to do anything to do with Naomi? Um, if you know Naomi and, uh, in fact, I think Jose actually uh, uh, called it out very, very beautifully uh, pre-show here. It does capture her energy. She's very much a person like if you were to raise a hand or cross her in any way, she will fucking plant you. <laughs> and then she'll be like, fuck it. I look good in orange. Put me away. I'll do a bid. Fuck it. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> so uh, so that's how uh, that goes in there. Now, now this last one, this is, this is the last connection. This is how I get to Musetta's Waltz. Um, this is how I get to Giacomo Puccini. Uh, so in the film or in, in the, in the, the, the play Chicago, um, it's, it's actually a very uh, uh, expressionistic play uh, as is the film uh, wherein there is a, uh, there's a stage manager character and there's a band leader character. And the band leader uh, will call out the actual numbers and uh, introduce them and, and the players uh, involved and, how, and, and explain how they actually work into the, into the story at large. It, makes the, uh, it gives the play a very expressionistic feel, which is kind of what you need to do uh, with a play like Chicago. And, and Chicago is not the only one that does it. Like Greece is very much an expressionistic play um, as, along those, those lines. In the film... Uh, the band leader is played by Tay Diggs, 
Now, Tay Diggs uh, originated the role of Benny in the 1993 uh, smash musical Rent, which is based off of La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini and features heavily, heavily, heavily uh, the, uh, the, the song Musetta's Waltz in it, as played by Adam Pascal. So this here is uh, Nicole Hartseeker and Mulo Frankel doing Musetta's Waltz in a very, very jazzy, almost loungy kind of, uh, kind of way. Now, why does this have anything to do with uh, Naomi? Uh, La Boheme is her favorite opera of all time. Uh, and so I had to, uh, I had to add this one in there. I've, I, I auditioned almost every single version of, uh, of Kindle in the Vaux, uh, uh, or Musa's Waltz, uh, that I could. And this one just kind of fit the most. It's kind of jazzy. It's not quite funky, but it just kind of fits. And it was lovely and playful. And that's why it's there. And, and that's it, my friends. That's this uh, this little this little uh, funk love letter to my best friend Nami, uh, and I appreciate you guys giving me the space to make it. So for me, there was a combination of the most surprising and least surprising moments of the of this process for me, because I was pretty sure when you submitted that as a potential theme before it got came out of the hat, like. I was pretty sure this was the direction you might be going. And then the first thing I saw was actually uh, Naomi's uh, avatar picture on the list before I even saw the name of the list. So I'm like, ah, yeah, I knew this was going this direction. But I think because I'm a little bit more familiar on some level with Naomi's cell block attitude <laughs> than her Tom Tom Club attitude, that first song hit me at first. I'm like, what? Uh, and then when I got the entire thing together, like it, it made much more sense but that was it on the very first listen that one caught me off guard <laughs> uh, fair totally fair uh you boys uh, uh what did you think uh I'll, I'll go i'll go i'll go first uh rob you are such a fucking nerd dude <laughs> <laughs> like you i don't know how you do this um and i don't know how long it took you to just like you know, put together this, this, this tapestry of songs that all have like deep connections to each other, but that's the nerdiest shit. I love it. It's so cool. Um, it's interesting because I actually did some research, uh, of my own when Domi and JD Beck came on. Um, by the way, I think Domi and JD Beck are, are fucking with us. I think they're actually aliens, like fully grown oh, they totally are adult mature aliens that came down to earth and they took the form of a couple of you know infants because that's that's who these kids are they're infants they're little babies they're in their pupil forms they're just in yeah. their pupil forms right now they're and just, just decided you know out of somebody's chest yeah and we're just gonna we're just gonna fuck with people um because i don't understand i don't i don't understand who these people are and how they do what they do when i first heard them i thought that um it was just a drum machine and no it's this it's this but this fucking infant uh doing this stuff on the drums. It's just amazing. But anyway, um, tracks three through six all have this crazy cross-pollination of people that have all worked with each other 
and you really do get the sense that you're hearing a collective, right? You're not hearing, you're not hearing individual artists. You're hearing people that have all worked with each other and fed off of each other's ideas and inspirations. And it sounds of a P it sounds of just, it just sounds like one big group of people, which I thought was very cool. They're a super group that needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And this almost is kind of like the, the, the rough sketch of that super group, right? Just, just those four tracks. I wrote down playful, light as a feather, old fashioned. Just those are the kind of the first words that jumped out at me when I was listening to this. There was a lyric in the Thundercat song. I may be covered in cat hair, but I still smell good. Um, which jumped out at me and I just felt like, yeah, that is a defining lyric. That's like every relationship ever. That's just a sentiment that you just, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're, you're domesticated, you probably have a cat and you're probably covered <laughs> in cat hair right. and you're trying to make the best of it. There's another lyric in there that's like, you don't have to like my, my, uh, my comic books or my video games. And it's like, Naomi loves comic books and video games more than I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Naomi's a great gal. And, uh, and this list, I think does her, does her justice. Um, I've known her for a while and, and listening to this album or listening to this playlist, huh, Freudian slip, it feels like an album, but yeah, like it is the, the work of somebody that knows their partner well. Um, and as somebody that knows Naomi, not nearly as well as Rob, but I know her pretty well. I think this is like, this definitely stands up. Uh, I have to talk about Musetta's Waltz because... I love this piece of music. I, I, along with, I think most people was introduced to it with Moonstruck. It was featured very heavily in the, in the soundtrack mm -hmm. for that movie. And that version actually was in this list for a long time. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great version, but this is one of those songs where it's like, I don't care what genre it comes to me and just feed me this song. It's so good. It's such a pure expression, a pure musical expression of love that I think only Puccini could have, only Puccini could have done. I got a little lump in my throat when that came on and I wrote down, God fucking damn it, Robert, you know, cause it's just, <laughs> it just works so well. Um, Get wrecked, Zachary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love skate, man. I love that track. That was that one I listened to over and over again. And it was interesting cause I had just been watching a tiny desk concert with Anderson Pack and his ensemble and uh, didn't realize what a talent he was. I, I think I'd heard maybe one or two tracks of him, but here is this guy playing drums just like, barely touching them just but just creating something amazing and singing at the same time yeah uh just a just a, a phenom and that's i love him so much he, he he's in my like you know perspective boyfriend category <laughs> like if I, if I if i actually went that way I'd, i would lust after anderson pock yeah no he's got he's got such a groove and such a, a presence uh but yeah i just i just i just love this thing from top to bottom and again like the work that you put into these lists is not lost on me the the attention to detail and the research that you must be doing to tell a story, even if it's like, whether it's like an actual story or you're just kind of connecting people that have worked together or, you know, like a, a common project that they worked on or whatever you're doing, like just the way that you connect all of these songs and make it a dedication album to somebody who, you know, likes this stuff. Like it's a double feat. Like it's, it's really impressive. So good job. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, I echo a lot of what uh, Zach is saying here about this list. I, I, I don't know. For, for me, this this whole list was a, a, a delightful and uh, from everything that I know about Nomi, an accurate picture of, you know, your your lover, of your girlfriend, of your mate. Um, 
And, and so I don't know her nearly as well as either of you. Uh, Jim, I don't know how well you know. Uh, yeah, probably at the same level as Jim of just like, she's she's a badass. She's going to kick my ass if I fuck <laughs> with her. And uh, I probably would enjoy it if that <laughs> happened. Um, uh, so a lot of this was kind of like gleaning, uh, okay, this is what, what Rob sees in Nomi. And then the rest of it, uh, for, for me is a mix of like, you know, really appreciating the older songs and then kind of like it really sticking out an ear for like the newer material, none of which outside of Thundercat and Childish Cambino, I was all that familiar with. Uh, starting at the top of the list with Genius of Love. It's a shame that Tom Tom Club is primarily known as a one-hit wonder. And I, I personally don't know what else they have done. But I, I kind of really wish that there was more on their resume outside of Genius of Love, a song I love, a great bop. Uh, I, like, so I also like the the other version of the song by the um, Grandmaster. Yeah, Grandmaster Flat? No. They, they did the song in collaboration with a uh, hip-hop actor. Yes. Uh, um, the Furious Five. The Furious Five and Grandmaster something or other. Um, do you know that, Rob? I, I, uh, I know, I'm but sure, I'm, I'm also blanking did. on it because because brain farts are communicable. And I, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And I bring the brain farts to the group. Uh, that's what brings the boys to my yard. Um <laughs> <laughs> from there to Bootsy. And this is another one of those, uh, one of the uh, fringe games that this, that this little endeavor of ours kind of, I enjoy in. I was like, where does that sample come from? And to realize that Bootsy's I'd Rather Be With You is served as the basis for Childish Gambino's Redbone was a nice little discovery for me this time through. Um, uh, unless I'm wrong, I, I'm pretty much pretty certain that that's the, the spine of that song. Uh, the Bootsy song is the spine of the Gambino song oh, of Redbone. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, because that's yeah, from yeah. Awaken My Love, and that um, that's the whole inspiration of, of that that album. You're not wrong. The, the whole of uh, that whole album is Bootsy, or wh- how do you mean that? Uh, Awaken My Love is is inspired by P Funk. Ah, gotcha. See. More stuff I didn't know. Um, and then we get into this this bit of uh, new artists reinterpreting old music style. So like, you know, you skate, you have that funk disco aspect of it that kind of really comes through. Uh, although I don't really qualify, uh, classify Domi and J.D. Beck as like n- new artists playing around with old stuff. They're too... Uh, to me, this is <laughs> an extension of that John Bap sign I was describing earlier <laughs> uh, of like the, um, the experimental um, uh, improvisational drums matched up with, uh, with a soulful touch. Although from hearing you and Zach talk about it, it sounds like it's a little bit more structured than, than I'm making it sound I mean, right it, now. It's jazz fusion. It's like pretty hard jazz fusion. It's it's very yeah. uh, it, it's very uh, Herbie Hancock, Joe Zawinil kind of stuff. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But, but with like uh, super tight fucking percussions and then, you know, really, really tight keys with a comped bass, synth bass going on. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and those things come out. But uh, like with John Bapp, it's something that I really need to spend time with and listening to it over and over and over again for me to get the the flavor that I need to get from it, if you know what I mean. Word. But a great introduction to this, and thank you very much for including it here. Yeah, check out Not Tight, their, their debut album. It's 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 really good. Cool. I thought it the was, one I, that this I, song comes from. Yeah, I thought I would fucking yeah. hate it, and then I listened to it. I was like, oh, God damn it, I love it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Uh, but then we come back to that uh, new experimenting with old and park your car on my face that that this to me is kind of like a, a almost um, uh, Jenic Jackson's production team. Um, it's sort of like a new Jack sort of sound kind of sort of at least with the synths, uh, but also the rhythm behind it as well. Um, Jimmy Jam and the Flam Flam is what I'm going to call that that production team. I'm pretty sure that is incorrect. Sure. I look forward to those non-existent emails correcting me on it. <laughs> Come on, moms, uh, <laughs> moms, moms, email in. Uh, Thundercat, uh, Dragon Ball, Durag. I, Zach stole the lyric that I wanted to highlight. Uh, <laughs> I, that still cracks me up. I it, it listening to this song. I just uh, when I first time through, I was like kind of really grooving on the bass line, which is of course it's that's what Thundercat does. That's that's his instrument. That's where I was at. Mm. And then that line was the first thing I caught. I don't know however however many years ago. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with the song? So I had to go back and listen to it again. And I kind of became enamored with this weird voice that Thundercat brings to his music. Um, there's another song from this. If it's not this album, is you know, no, it is from this album. Um, uh, everybody watch out. There's a heart on the floor. That, that one's from Drunk. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that one's from the previous album. But yes, I, I really kind of fell in love with that voice and just the weird touch that it brings to to his music, um, which is very similar to Gambino, um, the childish Gambino as it is. Um, and 3005 is one of the purest little pop love songs that have come out over the last 10 years. And it was nice to be reminded of it here. I hadn't listened to it in some time. So Parliament. I've been doing these uh, karaoke events with uh, students at North, like supporting them in, in, in different ways, whether they're just doing the tech or actually, you know, want to be uh, advisor for one of the organizations that hosted one. Uh, and that song is hugely popular as a karaoke song for our students. And there's nothing quite as joyful as watching a big group of young people sing that fucking song together. Oh, yeah. God damn. Oh, man. Nice. That's amazing. Par this is not a song of parliaments that I'm very familiar with, so thank you for that introduction. Uh, and I, I, I'm kind of a, have a love hate relationship with admitting this stuff, but fuck it. I, what's the point of pretending otherwise? Thank you for introducing me to this song that's uh, from 1977 that I somehow <laughs> managed to miss. Um, and then, yeah, a self lock tango. Just the entire thing just exudes no me energy to me. Yeah. That uh, I will fuck you up. And it will look good doing it, and you're gonna like it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's what that song is, and that's certainly that's Queen Latifah's role in that musical. In that musical, the movie musical is, is basically that. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I enjoyed it for that reason. And finally, thank you for Musetta's Waltz. 
Um, I've heard that song a number of times. This is the first jazz interpretation of it uh, uh, that I've listened to. And it's for that reason that this is the song of the list for me. I really appreciated getting that and having this as a little as a little gem for me to keep from here on forward. Uh, Thank you very much for the list, as always. Excellently done. You're welcome, my brother. Thank you. So, uh, Rob, did you uh, have the time to calculate the spiritual birthdays of these lists for us? No, I had no time at all. I'm sorry. No time. Of course I did, man. It's been like four weeks. That <laughs> we were supposed to fucking do this thing weeks ago, but then I got sick and all sorts of shit happened. Yeah, no, I do. Uh, starting with Zach, your oh, um, dear listener, uh, if you don't know, uh, what I do is I take the release year of every single one of our songs and I average them out and I find the spiritual birthday and mine little data out of that. So that's what we're doing right here. We're playing the spiritual birthday game, starting with Zach, your list, you, uh, was born on September 11th, 1994 at 4.12 PM. <laughs> what was your life like? Around September 11th, 1994. Well, thank God it was 1994 and not some other year. Um, (laughs) Right. Wait, what year? I forgot. What what, what are we talking about? I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Never remember. I know. I know. Gosh, in 1994, let's see. I was a sophomore or junior in high school, probably. Uh, I was probably playing hooky and getting ripped with my friends. At a boy. Yeah. Out of boy. Doing a lot of that Love it. around that time. You were listening to most likely "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men. I really fucking That's was. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that was. I did. I couldn't <laughs> escape it. I couldn't escape it. That song was everywhere. Uh, anyway, uh, that was your U.S. number one hit song. Your U.K. number one hit song was "Saturday Night" by Wigfield. What is it with yeah. the U.K. Do do they just have like an entirely new uh, other set of artists? Like, how much of that stuff actually yes. crosses over? Yeah, I guess so. It's just <laughs> yes, so- they do actually. <laughs> Whatever you there do, are a whole Zach, other do country, Zach. <laughs> In the whole other continent. Jose, going on to you, your list for the ones you love. Your spiritual birthday is November 24th, 2003 and 5.24 p.m. To, what was your life like around November 24th, 2003? You were in a show. You know that. Uh, 2003, actually, I – there's a decent chance that I was visiting Puerto Rico for the first time in 20 years mm. at that time, just coming off of uh, a production of my show about going home to Puerto Rico. That's right. What was the name of so, that show again? Uh, El Hijo Prodigo. How was that? How was that first trip? That first trip back yeah. was great. Um, uh, it, it, it was uh, – I don't even know how to begin talking about it. It, it, it was it was just a reminder of uh, everything that I remember and then what little had changed in the 20 years since I had been there. Um, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Kind of an eye-opening experience. Excellent. Your U.S. number one song was Baby Boy, Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. Not bad. Mm. Not bad. Not, not the yeah. best off that album, but uh, still. Not, not bad at all, though. Yeah. U.K. number one song was Mandy by Westlife. And yes, it is a cover of the... Uh, very Manilow song. I look forward to skipping it. Yeah. <laughs> you can go and do that. Uh, my list, That's My Best Friend, She a Real Bad Bish, uh, was born on August 7th, 2005 at 3.36 a.m. 
August 7th, 2005, I was, I, I was in sort of like a nebulous period in my life in between shows, uh, not doing a whole lot, probably being a bit of a slut at the time, uh, living in the central district. And that's, that's pretty much what I was doing. Right about the time that I met you. That, that is indeed around exactly around the time that we met. Absolutely. My U.S. number one hit song was We Belong Together, Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. My U.K. number one song was uh, <laughs> You're Beautiful. Oh, you're God. Beautiful. James Blunt, You're Beautiful. So uh, any last words on uh, this batch of lists, dilettantes? I fucking love you guys. Fucking love you back. <laughs> love you all too. <laughs> well, uh, thank you all again for joining us uh, for the Needle Exchange after uh, it be in a minute. <laughs> if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please consider dropping a review or you know comment on our Substack. Tell your friends about us. We'd just love to have you join us here once again in the future on the Needle Exchange. Oh, my God.